Welcome to A Conspiracy in the Force, the show where we examine parallel conspiracies in a galaxy far, far away, in a galaxy not so far away. The show is designed as an introduction to modern-day conspiracy theories by using Star Wars, one of the most beloved fictional universes, as a point of reference. Let's begin. Well, welcome everybody to another episode of Conspiracy in the Force. Um, you know, quick plug for my book. I haven't talked about it enough if you've listened to the podcast over the past few months, but go check out um book Intergalactic Totalitarianism. It's out on audiobook, Kindle, um, you know, full paperback version. So go check it out wherever. Um and I'll plug my <clears throat> I'll plug my man um Sideshow Bob on, on Twitter. You know, he's got these, he's got he's selling these great shirts, and I thought for Pride Month. Uh, it was appropriate. So this is the space is a fake and gay shirt. So, you know, um, got to support pride month go. I'll, I'll put the link to the, to the, the shirt in the, in the show notes here. So, um, so today I have, this is the, the third time I think he he's been on here. Um, Mr. Charlie Robinson, how's it going this evening? It It's, it's going fine. And space is fake and gay. <laughs> it, it is, it is. It's, it's a great, it's a great shirt. You know, he sent it to me. He's like, I know you're going to like this shirt. I'm like, I, I love it. I love it. It's amazing. It's got the Star Wars logo, <laughs> like the the font, the yeah. perfect font, the color and everything about it. It just works. <laughs> you, yeah. you know what? You know what's funny? Um, you know, as you know, Charlie, there's a lot of these trolls on Twitter. I don't know if you knew about this or not. I've, I've, I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> um, so like after I was posting a lot of stuff about the book and, you know, I had Josh who, who did the awesome cover art for me on a, a few weeks ago. You know, I um, I think it was remember this guy who was going around just trashing everybody. Um, I was showing a picture of the book, and someone's like, "Oh my God, you're showing a picture of a globe Earth. Don't you know that that's pushing a lie?" I'm like, "It's a picture you, of the, a Death Star destroying the Earth. Can you can we just talk about this in context here?" <laughs> you can't win. You you're you, you're never going to be able to 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 win. I mean, it it just didn't have the same appeal the the death star blowing up a flat alderon you know it just it, there's something missing there right it's like i think maybe you're just missing like the the concept of it but you're yeah. right like you yeah. you don't want to you you go down these rabbit holes and then it's just you don't you'll never come back up so yeah. um so 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 what's new with you how's everything going with you everything is going fine um i'm um I'm not, so I'm not going to do another book right now this summer. Normally during the summer, I get in like crazy writing mode and start, you know, putting it all, you know, the, the next one together. I think I'm going to do that, but I think it's going to probably happen next year. But I'm working on a project to do more macro aggressions, but just behind a paywall. Yeah. where I can talk about the things I want to talk about without getting censored. I feel like, <clears throat> and, and I know I'm not alone in this sort of belief, but I feel like it's only a matter of time before they come for the podcasts. And I want to kind of build some sort of immunity to that. I don't know that it'll ever necessarily be free from censorship or, or, or whatnot, but I want to try and build a walled garden around this project and make it so that it is, I don't know, less, less, you know, less, less 
pervious to attacks or censorship or whatnot. I, I don't, I'm not unrealistic. I know that I'll be censored on some level. I don't look forward to it. I know that that's happening. Obviously, social media has been bad about stuff like that. But, you know, the, the, they've gone after they've gone after YouTube, they've gone after Twitter, they've gone after Facebook. They've they, they've gotten all these platforms to start kicking people off for the most ridiculous things as we know. And the one safe haven has been podcasts. And right. and and I'm grateful for that and I'm not trying to speak this into existence, but I mean I'm not telling these maniacs anything they don't already know that 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 the podcast world has been relatively left um alone by 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 this. So I want to try and see if we can make some moves in advance where I become less impacted if someone were to try to pull the plug on on me. So my partner on macroaggressions is Tony Merkel. He is the host of the Confessionals podcast, which is like Bigfoot and ghost stories and all these really cool things. He's been doing podcasts for a long time. He he understands how to do it. He's he he knows the the technology behind it. He knows like the 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 reality behind it, the how you, you know, what people are interested in. He's an audio geek, you know, so he wants to dial in and make it sound great. He's the one that said, all right, you did 200 episodes with a crappy microphone. Now you got to get a good microphone, all that stuff, you know? So I, I've, I've, I've been listening to him and the next phase is to real is to take this and offer a, an additional version of macroaggressions that's behind a paywall. And so we are working on that this summer we have really big ideas of who, you know, what we want to talk, you know, the things I want to talk about, the, the shows I want to add additional, additional content. So I'm going to blend like, it's going to be like a combination of, of Patreon and Substack. As a writer, uh, you know, I'm always writing uh, as a podcaster that sort of came after the fact and to put those two together and have both as a, as an option behind a paywall sounds like something that I'm going to probably need to do. And, and, and then I've got guys like, you know, like, like midnight Mike over at OBDM, who's, who's building, uh, they sort of like for their thousandth episode, everyone sort of crowdfunded uh, a raspberry Pi uh, brick for him, you know, so that they could take this uh, show and make, make OBD, not that OBDM gets censored at all, really, but, but, but take it and and make it so that, um, you're sort of on the IPFS, the internet interplanetary file system where you're, you're off of, of the, of a, of a network where you can get censored. So we really want to try and take these steps in advance and be proactive as, a, as opposed to reactive. And, um, and so that's the plan for this summer. So that, that's really where I am. The show's show's great. I still, I love doing it. It's a great outlet for me. It's a bridge between podcast uh, between books, you know, like you've mm -hmm. got this book and then you've got, I, I, you know, whenever I'm writing a book, I already know what the next book is going to be, you know, and I, and I try not to get too distracted, but, um, uh, but I've got three out already. I already, I know what the fourth is going to be. It's not a matter of, it's just a matter of sitting down and writing it. It's not like, what's the topic going to be? So it's just a matter of time. So we're, we're, we're the pro the podcasts are nice because they fill in the gaps in between the books and, and I think they work well together. And, 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 you know, you've got, you've right. got, um, conspiracy in the forest podcast, you've got the book, you've got, you know, I think, and I've always been very vocal about this. I think that your idea, your show and your, and the idea for your show is so brilliant and so 
it's such an it's such a smart way to get a new generation, a new batch of people interested in current politics by Mm -hmm. explaining how the science fiction characters that they love and storylines that they love are not new that those storylines have been those are recycled actually they're you know they're 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 whether it's in the iliad or the odyssey or the romans or or our ancient history all these these themes they're they're not they're not new. There's new versions of them, but you've done a really good job of taking people that are interested in science fiction and moving them over to what's going on currently. And and it's a it's a it's a talent, of course, that you have, and it's uh, and I love it. So I I think that you know the first the minute I saw your stuff, I was like, I felt. <laughs> Um, I was, I was glad you were doing it, but I was like, Ooh, what a missed opportunity. You know what I mean? Because I'm such a star Wars geek too. And, yeah. and I love, I love what you've done. So anyway, I'm, I'm your biggest fan. It, well, thank you so much. And I, I really appreciate you. And you know, I've told you a million times, you know, you, when you wrote the, the forward for my book, you know, it was, it was amazing. It was, it was great to talk about what you did, what you just said, right. It's, it's the hero's journey stuff that that's yeah. in star Wars. That's inherent to, that's just fundamental to storytelling, which I think has, those storytelling elements, I think, have gotten lost over the years for different agendas and different narrative-driven storytelling. Um, whether it's Star Wars, whether it's you know Star Trek, or whether it's you know the, the latest Netflix series, a lot of the sto- like the story character building um, seems to take a back seat to, well, how many gay characters do we need to have in this season? Right. How many of, of this? you know, sector, do we need to have in, in this? It's like, they're, they're, it's, it's this, this check the box method, which like, like you know, we, we, we all know there's nothing wrong with diversity and things and make, making sure people are in this, in this stuff. But when, when that takes a backseat to the story, that that's what causes a, a problem. And, and yeah, you know, I love doing the, doing the show and the book and it's, it's definitely, um, I appreciate everybody who's, who's into it because, you know, there's a lot of people that are really hardcore into star Wars that, you know, that I, I follow them, they follow me on Twitter, but I feel like they, whenever they see me post any of the non-Star Wars stuff, they're just like, whoa, 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 hold on a second, man. Like, they're not really willing to uh, jump yeah. into that world. And, 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 you know, vice versa, a lot of people who are big into the truth community are, you know, <clears throat> for, for a lot of good reasons a, against a lot of what Disney is doing. You know, obviously Star Wars by proxy is, is part of that now. So so there's kind of a, but yeah, it, it's kind of like that, um, What's that that chart Venn diagram? You, the, yeah, the Venn diagram where it's yeah. like that. I appreciate everybody in, in, in that middle there who's willing to kind of um, to to appreciate that kind of kind of content. So, yeah, and, and, and what they're doing at the networks, I suppose they've always had to do that at the networks where you've got that's why you hear these stories of the <clears throat> the writers battling with the you know, we took we took this movie and we delivered it to the studio and they hated it. We fought over it and everything. That's because the creatives have to sort of deal with the business side. I have that business side. I think you do too. Um, you know, I've, I've worked in advertising. I've worked in sports media. I've worked in real estate. So I, I have a, a kind of an understanding of, of the, the business side. And it's like, well, it's got to make sense and everything. But the business side has taken, has, has really hijacked the, the creative narrative side because they the business side like you said is going well do we have enough diverse characters in here we have to have seven of them and, da, 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 da. and then it's like oh well, do we have this storyline and it's like if 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 that's what you're if you're trying to 
to just cram that stuff into a storyline just so that it 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 covers your ass, <laughs> then I think the story suffers. And I think yeah. that when you take those restraints off of people and you go, just do the best story you can come up with. Mm -hmm. Give me the best storyline. I don't care. I don't, don't need it to be woke. I don't need it to be politically correct. I It's okay if it's offensive. To, I, I'm not trying to make everybody happy. I would be focusing on trying to make the hardcore Star Wars fans happy, which I realize is damn near impossible because nobody agrees on anything. But right. but if you can, and and if you if you can, and I saw a new article with Taiko Watiti was talking about how he's going to take over this this franchise and he's going to scrap the original, he's going to scrap the the previous storyline. I'm not entirely sure that that's a that might not be the worst idea because yeah. a lot of this has been like oh, here's the original and here's the new thing and we've got to get them to work together and how do we do that? And maybe there isn't a fit and we're trying to make a fit where there isn't one. We're trying to, you know, take these old storylines and fit them with the new ones. I don't know. Maybe it's yeah. time for a fresh start. <clears throat> and I like what he's done with his previous movies. I forget the name of the movie where it was so funny. The movie that he did where it was like, it was like kind of like a comedy, although it doesn't sound like a comedy when you say that he plays Adolf Hitler in it. But, <laughs> but there's a comedy where, where, where like these kids are like in the, like the, you know, like young Nazis of America. And then like one of the kids has this imaginary friend who's Adolf Hitler and Adolf Hitler is, is Taika Waititi dressed as Adolf Hitler. And he's like, what's going on? How are you? What's, what's wrong? You know? And it's like this really bold, crazy idea that he did in this movie. And I, and I, for the life of me, I cannot think of the movie, but, but I'm sure if you, if you IMDB Taika Watiti and you looked at the, one of the movies, I think he wrote it and directed it and he starred in it as Adolf Hitler. I mean, is it, is it called Jojo rabbit? Jojo like, rabbit. Okay. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm looking at some it of is, the pictures. This is hilarious. It's like, wild. Okay. I mean, it is one of those things like I could imagine like in my head, I see him in the pitch meeting going, okay. And then Adolf Hitler is going to be this really funny character. And the guy's just going, get the fuck out of my office. You know? <laughs> but yeah, you all know, the, you all the like stuffy old Jewish guys in Hollywood are like, uh, uh, but he's like, no, trust me. And, and I watched that movie and I was like, this is genius. This is really funny. Yeah. And, and it's, so and it sounds very original, you know, it's very, very original. original. And, and, and you know off what? The cuff. We need, I think that star Wars universe I think the Star Wars universe needs somebody that comes in and says, I'm going to, you know, let's be original. And I like what Jon Favreau has done, despite the fact that he's a World Economic Forum young global leader. Right. I like what he's done. He'll always have a pass in my book because of swingers, uh, because I'm in that era. I'm in that age group. And I was living in L.A. when he was living in L.A. And all those places he went to in the movies and all those references that they made i related to so like to me john favreau on the mount rushmore but but i'm 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 interested to see what some fresh blood can do you know yeah i think i think that's i think that's the key and you know they a lot of people have said recently that you know the, the people working on this stuff they've they've come out and said like you know we don't know how to write dialogue for like luke skywalker we don't know how when we have new characters on screen and then and then these legacy characters they're like we don't know how to write dialogue that will um honor that character but that doesn't detract from the from the from the newer characters and it's like well you know you, you have to you know you, you got to find a way to to make it work or like you said just just going a completely you know completely crazy different direction all altogether. but um yeah we'll, we'll see we'll see what happens you know i have 
always have have hope. I mean, hey, that's the key to Star Wars, right? It's all about it's all about hope. I think it's all about hope, right? And that's a theme that runs through it. I hope we can pull this off. We're we're up against insurmountable odds, but I feel like there we've got a chance. And if we've got a chance, we got to we'll, we'll we'll do our best, and we'll maybe we'll get lucky and we'll pull it off. And in the end, it'll just be amazing. And that's how. See, so like my my background and, and you and I've talked about this before, but like my background in Star Wars, I mean, just to kind of put this in perspective is that I remember seeing it in the theater when it came out when I was five years old. And it's like it blows your mind. You know, I mean, it, you're all of a sudden I mean, when you're a kid, it just takes you to some other place where anything is possible. And I love that, you know, and that's that's a great thing about the movies. And then flash forward, I'm in a freshman in college at USC I'm sitting in the George Lucas theater, you know, watching these movies in like the, the biggest movie theater of it. Well, second biggest movie theater to man's Chinese, which it holds like, which by the way, I stood in line at midnight when the, um, episodes, uh, I guess episode one yeah. came out. I stood in line at, at midnight with my buddies from college at man's Chinese theater in Hollywood and watch that and watch the crowd just go crazy, you know, and, and early on <laughs> I mean, afterwards, they were like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. What, what was but, that? Yeah. But they're early looking on, back, you know, it was like that. looking back in retrospect, like, yeah, you know, it probably wasn't too bad. Well, yeah, <laughs> but I, 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 that feeling uh, that Star Wars gave me, you know, I always have very positive memories of it. I remember my mom taking me out of school when I was in sixth grade, when return of the Jedi came out and my, my friend's mom, who my mom were, they were good friends took him out. And the four of us went in and saw it, saw the first showing of it. And that's how I remember star Wars. That's my association with star Wars. It was the biggest thing in the world when I was five years old. And when uh, return of the Jedi came out, it was such an important milestone for me that my mom took me out of school to go right. see it, you know? Right. And, and so the bar is set rather high in my mind with these movies. And, and, and now of course the new series that are, that are doing that. And, and look, I got my problems with Disney. I'm pretty vocal about it in, 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 in the podcast. And, and, and I think that Disney is a, is a really, a really dangerous place. And I wish that they weren't in charge of this franchise, but they are. So hopefully they just don't screw it up. Yeah. Yeah. And, and definitely, you know, what, what, with what they've done recently, it definitely ties into one of your most recent episodes that you did about, um, hate speech, which I think right. is, um, something I like, I like to talk about here, you know, hopefully get this a strike on YouTube, you know, why not? Hey, it's a, sure. It's Thursday night. Why not? Um, why not? Like what what Disney did with with you know Gina Carano you know in, in in some of her social media posts versus Pedro Pascal the Mandalorian what what he had said which was could be equally offensive on the opposite end of the spectrum only one of those was ostracized from from Hollywood you know and it's <clears throat> this whole term of hate speech you know I, I want you to kind of talk a little bit about what you, what you mentioned on your podcast but just it, it it seems that you know one side seems to have a monopoly on what is in, 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 isn't hate speech. So, so what have you, what have you been seeing in regards to that kind of stuff? Well, what I've discovered is that it's not hate speech. It's just speech that they hate. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yeah. it. It's, it's a, it's a clever term for it because you can call it hate speech and that just paints a really dark picture. 
of like, oh my God, I can't believe you're involved in something that was hate speech, you know? I mean, it just, you, you had the imagery in your head is like of somebody just screaming at Jews or something, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. dude, like, mm-hmm. like the word, you know, it takes you to like the worst place. And then you examine it and you go, wait a second, this isn't hate speech. This is, this is maybe in some cases just a disagreement, just a difference of opinion. Um, cr- like, legitimate criticism a lot of it is legitimate criticism that they say oh no no, that's hate speech it's like no no you don't so they're they're hiding behind this shield called hate you know of just branding someone as hate speech to deflect rightful criticism away from them and it's a, it's a, it's, it's not the worst tactic in the world i mean it's it's crappy to do but it, it's very effective and it's created a situation where you're you have to think twice before saying something for fear of being branded as someone involved with hate speech and that is um i mean i guess credit to them for being able to put that strategy i mean it's definitely a strategy it's not accidental to put that strategy out there to deflect criticism away from them they've done a great job with it but it's it it's um it's not a lasting it's not a strategy that will last long term because at some point people will figure it out and and like we're we're already we're looking for this stuff and we're examining it and we're that's kind of what we do and so we see it now but everyone else will we'll see it eventually too. They'll say, well, this is, you know, cause it'll happen to them. They'll say something. It, it, it becomes real to, to you when, when you, when it happens to you, right. when you say something and say, that's hate speech. And you go, that's not hate speech. Like I could say some hateful things. This isn't hate speech. This is legitimate criticism, Yeah. but you're using this hate speech to shut it down, to shut down that conversation. And then it's like, you know, then it then I take it personally because I think, you know, how dare you to all the people that have legitimately been criticized but had hateful things done to them because of their color or because of their sexuality or because of their religion or because of whatever their nationality, where whatever the reason, you're you're discrediting them by mm-hmm. pretending to be a victim when you're really not. And and, and it so, and it dilutes the and it dilutes the effectiveness of that word, hate speech, just For like sure. the word, just like the word racism, just like the word sexism, just like all these other, or the, even the word Nazi, right? Like these yeah. words have so little meaning just because every you're this, you're this, you're this. It's just used so so much in every single context that people just you know whatever when 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 they hear it anymore. If everybody's a Nazi, how bad are Nazis then? You know what I mean? <laughs> like so, it that's that's kind of the it like you said, it dilutes the the power of that word. So you know that the. The hate incorporated episode that I put out was I was talking about that and I was talking about there's there's actual organizations that are their whole existence is to be in the the the, they're the ones that deem you know, that designate you as a hate purveyor of hate speech or this or that and that. And then they raise money from Soros, mostly Soros, almost always Soros, but but other places as well. And and so there's a there's a financial component to it. There's a lot of money in being, um, you know, being in the hate policing business. You can you know we've got content moderators. You've got groups like the SPLC and the ADL, um, and Center for Countering Digital Hate, and these these places that 
that hold themselves out as like the arbiters of who is and isn't being hateful. And then you dig it. First of all, you dig into their organization. You find out they're all like getting sued by their own employees for sexual harassment and racism and all kinds. Like they're doing the exact stuff they're pretending to like be fighting against. And, and on top of that, they have an agenda and they're paid to have this agenda. So it's not even like, it'd be one thing if they were actually policing hate speech uh, universally and with a measured approach and, and with no agenda and just, just looking for it and shutting it down. That's what I think most people assume they're doing. They're not, right. they're, they're only policing it on one side because they're paid by the other side. And right. so the, the idea of, of, of this whole hate industry is fascinating to me because like you, 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 you're in, it's like a, it's a, it's a booming industry right now. And, and that should never really, I mean, like I said, it should, it, there's these organizations theoretically should exist to police actual hate. And if they were doing that, I wouldn't have any problem with them. But the problem is it's very, it's selective enforcement and they go after people that aren't hateful and label them as hateful, which destroys their career, yeah. um, endangers their life, sometimes puts them in prison, like, you know, uh, destroying somebody's social, social media impacts their ability to make money and things like that. So, so real devious, shitty things that they do. And if you criticize them, then they, they call you a Nazi or all right, right or whatever. Right. And it's like, it's and, it, and it's the same conversation as the whole, you know, domestic terrorism thing, right? You know, that that's another thing where the definition has slowly changed based on the, what the ministry of truth wants wants that definition to, to be to, to to funnel more and more people into this into this box and when you throw these buzzwords out there yeah you're right it it it, it literally does ruin ruin people's lives and you know it, it's it's crazy yeah. how how far um the, the the hate speech stuff is go goes because you even think of now like like somebody that is you know truly entrenched in the left like like bill maher like you know he has recently been called you know a hate speech advocator because he you know because he doesn't want kids to go to pride rallies and see naked dudes in thongs walking down the street right like now now talking about that is is, is hate speech and even someone like him he's like you know I, I haven't moved like this this side that i'm on has moved so far the other way that you know he's basically almost considered part of the part of the right in their mind it's, it's wild that's what I'm saying. It's some like we figure it out early on and then everyone else figures it out on their own schedule and Bill Maher just figured it out. And yeah. now and now he's like, "Wait a second. Like you're criticizing me for this? This is insane." And now he's going now he's replaying he's going, "Wait a second. They were criticizing all these other people too in the past. Maybe they were doing the same thing to them that they're doing to me. Maybe I have to reexamine how I feel." That's the problem. The the le- I've, I feel like I've stayed, maybe I've gone a little bit more conservative, but I feel like I've been pushed that way a little bit, but the left has gone so far left that, you know, anything, you know, up to like late term, like month after birth abortions, you're like considered right wing, you know, if you're, if you're against that, they're like, so, so it, it, in, and you know, when you talked about the, the domestic terrorism thing, that's like, a, that's like a component of this hate speech too, because you can see these two things funneling into one another at some point. And the, the right now, the hate speech thing, as I mentioned, is like, it can destroy your career and it can, you know, um, 
cause headaches for you and real, you know, t- you know, maybe lose friends. So a lot of those things, but the domestic terrorism component that can get you killed and that can get you put in Guantanamo Bay because as the Patriot Act stipulated, the homeland is a battlefield. And if you are on the battlefield, which we are, and somebody labels you legally labels you as a domestic terrorist, well then now you have no rights. So it's, it's, it's beyond like calling somebody a domestic terrorist online as a joke or, or, or trying to be shitty to them or something. When they label you as that, you become one of those guys that's in Guantanamo Bay. You're just one phone call away from that happening to you. No right to an attorney, indefinite detention. You can be black bagged and taken out of the way. If you're a terror, if they call you a terrorist and they label you that. So it's like, so I'm, I'm, I'm critical of the hate speech industry because I, I find it to be annoying, but I also recognize that they can very easily get you put on a domestic terrorist list themselves. And so they, you have to keep an eye out for this. This is no joke. This is beyond like doxing someone, you know what I mean? I mean, I guess that's, that's pretty bad, but, but to call someone a domestic terrorist is, is now, is a, it's be, it's not just an insult. It's a legal designation. And if they, and if they put that on you, then you have no rights. And if you have no rights, you're, I mean, then it's it's like one day you go out to 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 the mailbox and they just grab you in a van and yeah. your family doesn't know where you are and yeah. you're in Gitmo for a decade. Yeah, and they've and they've afraid done a, of you. So and they've done a masterful job of rolling out these you know false flag type events, right? Like all these Patriot Front or what have you. All these right. all, all these guys that all look like F, FBI FBI guys. They all look exactly the same. Just get, getting busted at at gay pride parades and in this and that. And, you know, it, it, they, they've done a, like, like you said, they've, they've done a masterful, you know, you, you almost have to appreciate the craft at this yeah. point of, of how they've been able to propagandize this, this type of stuff. And it doesn't seem like it's going to change anytime soon. Well, remember they, they took the extraordinary step of legalizing propaganda in mm-hmm. the 20, the Smith month modernization act of 2012, which was passed in the 2013 national defense authorization act which legalized propaganda inside the United States to be used by American media on America, the American public. So, I mean, and, and of course it goes without saying they were using propaganda on us well before that, but, but they, but they took the extraordinary step of legalizing it in my opinion, because they intended to do it. That's why you would legalize it. So from that point on, Think of all of the fake events that we've had, like all of the manipulated events, you know, and, and, and these things, they seem to come out of nowhere, these shootings, and then they're on the news and everything. And then they, boom, they vanish. And you're like, what? So they're not even putting out their, you know, like something like the Boston bombing. And it's just, it's like, it wasn't even the varsity team pulling that one off. You know, it was a real sloppy job, like almost to the point where I thought like, God, did you guys want to get caught? Like, did you want people to know that this is an option? These, these false flag, like fake events where there's like, you know, where, where like a dummy like me can pick it apart in an afternoon. Like it's you know, because that's what we've got. And we got that right after that Smith month modernization act. So it's like they were testing it out. You know, it's, it's been, it's weird to watch, but, but it's a, uh, I think people, People are getting the feeling that they're being lied to. I just don't know that they know that 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 line was made legal. 
a couple right. years ago. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's that's a that's a that's a truth bomb that when people hear that, they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, some just uh, coming in the chat. Yeah. Someone said, yeah, to keep the emergency powers going. Yeah. You know, when you talk yeah. about go back to the Patriot Act, you know, and I talked about this a little bit in the book that every single president since 2001 has reinstated another year of a state of emergency from terrorism. Right. So when that is in effect, I mean, there's things that are that are essentially legal in the background. And, and, and that's one of the things people are like, oh, we live in America. It's free. It's like like it, on, on the face. America does seem seem free in this and that. But there are a lot of a lot of things behind the scenes that if you if you if you rub that freedom the wrong way, then you're not going to have any freedom, you know, so it's a yeah. slippery slope. It's funny you mentioned that. Or it's funny that the 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 chat mentioned that because I've got an episode coming out next week that's about America's state of emergency, about the never ending state of emergency, because that is it's that old sort of adage. Like if, if you grant the government special powers during times of emergencies, they will create the incidents that create more emergencies to justify them retaining that power. Right. So you have to be very careful what you allow the government to do during a time of emergency. They know they get away with murder. I mean, maybe literally. Yeah. Um, so that's when they get you scared and you go, just whatever, just make sure this never happens again. Take whatever you yeah. need to do or look in my emails or, or, or make me take my shoes off before I get on an airplane or wear a mask or whatever. Just make it stop. And, and that is by design, of course, that that's a tactic that they use and they, they don't intend to give these powers back. They never give the powers right. back. So right. it's like, it's just a people sort of, I think envision that this one world government is like one day you wake up and you're under it. It's like, no, no, no. It's very subtle. Yeah. It's like a removal of a right here, uh, a, 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 a executive order there, you know, like one little thing. And, yeah. and they build on each other over time. And the next thing you know, you're like, you know, we're, you know, you're having to show a COVID passport to get on a, a bus or something. Yeah. I saw, I, I was, I was, you know, I was putting together some clips cause I'm trying to make like um, a visual kind of almost a documentary type version of, of, of the book. And I found, I came across a great um, clip from Jordan, Jordan Peterson, you know, to kind of talk about what you, you talk about. And of course, what, you know, David Icke has talked about with that, with the tiptoe. And he's mm -hmm. like, he's like, you know, like somebody who just, you know, pushes you and taps you just a little bit, a little bit, yeah. but they do that all, all the time. And now you're three miles from where, from where you start out and you're like, well, how did I get here? It's like, well, well, I, I pushed you a little bit and you, and you didn't do anything. I pushed you a little bit and you didn't do anything. It's just those tiny incremental steps that people don't see. And, and, you know, of, of course in star Wars, you know, when I saw about the emergency power stuff in, in the prequels, it was a mind blower to me. I mean, yeah. this guy stayed in power and um, kept these, literal manipulated wars going where he manipulated both sides. I mean, if there's not a, uh, if George Lucas really, I think he knew a lot of what was really going on in this world when he put those movies together, man. He couldn't have written that without understanding how the world really works. Yeah. Credit to him, man. I mean, I, I don't yeah. know that he's in on it. Maybe yeah. he is. Maybe at some point they pull you in if you get to be that big. But early on, for him to have an understanding at the age he was when he was writing and doing all this, I, I, he was, he was like, uh, he, he understood how it worked. Yeah, and, and and like they said, you know, they said, hey, listen, Palpatine has managed to stay in power far longer than his than his term limit. 
And, you know, they were they, they didn't really know what was going on at the time, but they're like, something is is not right here. I mean, these these wars, these things just keep happening. And, you know, like 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 you've said and I've said that we've all said it's like they keep trying to do these things just to keep you to keep you safe. And they will continue to keep they will keep they will continue to keep you safe until you're not safe <laughs> anymore. It's it's a funny it's it's a funny ironic thing that that a lot of people don't don't realize. It's like, well, no, all all these COVID precautions are for our for our benefit. It's like, well, is it or is it just a litmus test? Is it just a uh, you know what are these five hamsters going to do in this lab situation? Yeah. Uh, if I do this 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 this, hmm, okay, taking notes for next time. You know, the people, Nazis, but people, the Nazis told way. people. It's for your protection. That was the right. term they used. It's for your protection. Right. And and so you go, oh, well, if it's for my protection, then what, what you know, whatever it is, the, the, the state is looking after you. We're taking care of you. And a lot of people believe that. And a lot of people ha- want to believe that. And they, they've grown up believing that. And they don't want to not believe it because it's a belief that they have come to depend on. But the reality of the situation is that the state hates you. Yeah. Nobody has been nobody has been involved in more murders in the 20th century than the state. It accounted for 260 million murders of their own people. They're the danger to society. And for George Lucas to sort of understand that and to understand how the worst people migrate towards that those positions of power like a moth going to a light you know they they just seek that out so you're always going to have interesting characters you're always going to have these palpatine darth vader characters people that came in good wanting to thinking they were going to change the world and do good things only to realize how it really worked and change and then other other characters being good and seeing that and not wanting to change i mean it's like it's politics wrapped up in these in Hollywood storytelling. And it's just brilliant. Yeah. And, and, you know, a lot of people try to say, like I mentioned, like earlier, like a lot of people that are true, really hardcore Star Wars fans are like, no, no, get the, the, the Star Wars has nothing to do with, with politics. And it's like, no, it, it has everything to do with politics. I mean, even Lucas going back to the original scripts and everything, you know, it was all about like the Nixon administration. And then it was all about, you know, like the, the Reagan administration. I mean, the one, the one, leader newt gun ray i mean it's literally flipped some of those letters around it's newt gingrich or ray gun right so it, it's so entrenched in, in in politics but some people e- either either don't want to because they just like the, the fantasy aspect of it or they are unwilling to dive a little bit deeper which is what i really wanted to to bring to the forefront because it, it's it, it's very important of what it, he it was a, it's a cautionary tale that whole prequel yeah. it's a cautionary tale um, that I think we all need to understand and, and learn from. It's it's not just saying like, hey, it's it's good versus evil. Like the original movies, it was just good versus evil, right? And that's for that time, that was what he needed to do. But this one, he's like, listen, I, I want to show you guys how this how this happens. Um, I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna make it cool looking. I'm gonna add all the special effects I wanted to 20 years ago. But there's really a lot of meat underneath the scenes, you know. And I've been digging through so many interviews and things of his and. And nobody really likes to get into those kind of questions with him, which I think is very, very, very telling, you yeah. know, about, about the politics of it all. Yeah. Well, he had an understanding of of uh, what happens when power goes unchecked, yeah. you know, 
in, in politics and the galactic empire, you know, when, when, when nobody, when they've, when they realize that nobody is a threat, you know, or nobody can challenge them, they build death stars. They don't, they don't a- act peaceful because they've got, every, you know, they're more powerful than everybody else and keep them. In ch- they don't do that. They build Death Stars because blowing up planets is the next logical thing. So you, you, he understood the mentality yeah. of what happened of these power seeking people that they, they're never satisfied. Right. And it's and I, all about destruct. It's about yeah. bringing people together under false pretenses and then destroying everybody else. And it's about, and it's about, um, and it's about fear. Right. You know, Tarkin, it's about fear, it, controlling original, through fear in the original movie. He's like, you know, um, you know, fear will keep the systems in line, you know, fear of this battle station. So the idea was with the Death Star, we don't really even want to have to use it. But just it's the, nuclear. The, it's probably a metaphor for nuclear weapons. A, abs- absolutely. And it's it's so prevalent in our world today. Um, I just put out a song on my music channel a few days ago, just about like the, the fear aspect. So many people like the dichotomy of people that are just constantly living in, in fear in, in this these masked environments and lashing out on people that don't follow the same protocols that, that they do. And then on the other side, there's people, you know, like, like me and like you, like we'll go hang out with friends. We'll go hang out with family. You know, like my wife right now is at a, you know, a, a music festival where there's like 20,000 people there, you know, I mean, so, but, but so many people, unfortunately are, are kept in this, in this fear bubble, yeah. which, you know, it's like, how do you, how do you get through to that? How do you, how do you get through that? And I think, you know, you made a good point earlier, you know, people come around to some of this stuff, the people that are meant to come around to this stuff will, um, in, in time, but you know, it, it, there's some that are just never gonna, never gonna break out of that, unfortunately, yeah. which is sad. Yeah. But in all, it, I feel like this information is cumulative, you know, it builds over time. You hear one interview with somebody and you go, Oh, okay. That's kind of sticks in your head. And then you hear another one. And like over time it kind of builds. I don't know that in my like awakening process, I had any one thing that really blew my mind open. It just seemed like it all kind of built on one another. And after a while I was understanding this. So I think if people are going to, you know, some people, they're never going to get it. They're never going to, they don't, they don't want to get it. Mm-hmm. They don't want, cause to get it is to take responsibility for now. I know this stuff. I understand right. how this works. And now I'm choosing to still do things the old way. And that is maybe a little bit more than some people are prepared to do. And yeah. so they subconsciously block it out because they don't want it to be true. Cause what am I going to do about it? Now I'm going to just know about it and it's just going to make me feel bad about, you know, so I just don't even yeah. want to know you're wrong. You're a conspiracy theorist. It's all in your head. You guys are crazy. That's what they have to tell themselves because yeah. they don't want to unpack the possibility because if you do, it changes your life. It yes. changes the way you see everything. And mm-hmm. that is a big task and not everybody's up for that not everybody is ready or willing or able to take that on so sometimes people are just they're just not interested in hearing it and i understand that i mean i don't respect it of course but i understand it's like a lot to it's a lot to digest when you start to understand this stuff because you can't stop it (laughs) yeah you know we have a we have a friend and you know you know we we've always kind of you know my my wife and i've kind of leaned leaned more conservative i've kind of you know like you have 
kind of more gotten into this middle area just because I think a lot of both sides are kind of corrupt and what have you. But like we have a friend, she's very, very left, very, very left. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I tried to talk to her one time about the whole about the 9-11 stuff. It's like, you know what? She she hated Bush. So this might be kind of a thing where she may be able to get in. But she's like she's like she's like Kyle. She's like I, I she's like, I literally cannot believe that that was not what we were told. She's like, she's like, she's like, that would basically, like you said, it would, she's like, it would just like shatter my world if that was not really what we were, were told. And, and, and that's, and that's the truth. You know, it's like, it's like people who are like superheroes, like there's such a responsibility along with that. It's like, you know, like, like you said, knowing all this stuff that we know, it's, it is, it is terrifying sometimes. It's like, my God, like, you know, sometimes, you know, people probably wish they could crawl back into that matrix pod, you know, uh, and and go back to that uh, asleep a sleep mode, but I think it's important to keep talking and talking about this stuff because people just, not everybody's going to, going to, going to do their own, their own independent research on this stuff. You know, they, they rely on others. They, they're going to need to rely on others to, to bring this information to them. And there's, if there's 99 people bringing them the crap, it's like, you know, you want to try to be the one that brings them some of the, the nuggets of truth. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I've had over the years, I've had to sort of figure out how to do that how to, how to, like, I've, I've made a lot of mistakes with trying to talk to people about this stuff. And one of them was to just say, you know, sit down, let me tell you how this is and blah, 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 and just go off on them. And I found that doesn't really, doesn't really work. Um, that the best way is to just ask them questions and try and figure out where they are Mm -hmm. in this pro like, Hey, what do you think about nine 11? You know, I think you, a lot of people just don't think about it, Yeah. you know, but like, if you want to bring that up with somebody, if you want to have that conversation with somebody, I've found that it works better to ask them questions instead and make it like a dialogue instead of a monologue. Yeah. And yeah. that way you get like, and also it allows you to kind of feel where they are. If they're like, oh man, it was fucking inside job for sure like you know right. like everybody knows that duh. then you're like okay i know what i'm working you know i know where we are on this and if the person's just like 9-11 was terrible those 19 arab hijackers with box cutters and you're like okay i i know where you are and and so that's a that has been the, a positive way for me to have that conversation but still like I, i'm also a, a fan you know uh co-host with sam tripoli and i believe in his rules of the ronin right uh you do not bestow knowledge upon those that do not seek it yeah yeah so also part of me is like i'm here you know what i do if you want to talk to me about this stuff i'll be more than happy to but like i don't i'm not gonna like go lecture my friends like yeah, I just, it, I, it's I not a know. good, it's not a good thing. It's, it's, it's not gonna, it's not gonna work the way you think. And you know, the, the one, the one issue I've kind of been having recently is, you know, even, you know, with people that like, you know, hold kind of the same, you know, biblical beliefs in God that, that I do is, you know, they feel like because of their Christian beliefs, they have to be fully on this right, the right side. You know what I'm saying? The conservative mm-hmm. full, full side, you got to support Trump. You got to support DeSantis. You got to support Musk. It's like, so no, 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 you, you don't. I think, you know, for, and I try to tell him, like, listen, if you believe in God, that should be your authority. All these people uh, don't don't have his interest or your interest in mind. So it's like but but some people kind of you know, with those beliefs, they still hold a lot of these people up like on this pedestal as these idols. 
And it's very yeah. frustrating to me because like, like, listen, fundamentally, I believe the same, you know, spiritual beliefs as they do, but they're, they're putting a lot of, of, of faith in these, in these mortal men, these mortal people that are a hundred times out of a hundred going to, going to let you down. And then those are the hardest ones. Um, it, it's, it's some of the people on the, even on the right side that yeah. aren't really, really willing to, to come more to that center of realizing that, uh, there, there's more, there, a lot of what they believe is also corrupt from the, from the political spectrum. I feel like that, that group is, it are, are mostly really, really good people. And yeah. in fact, they're such good people that they don't want to challenge these people for being rude. They don't right. want to be rude and challenge like a DeSantis or a Trump or, or the establishment or whatever. They're such good people. They want to follow, you know, do what they are told to do. Yeah. But it's, it's their responsibility to, I'm not saying you have to like be an abrasive asshole. But like it's it is your duty to to challenge these ideas. Yeah. Just just run them through your head. You know, does this make sense to me? You know, is yeah. this something? So it's like it's possible for you to like support Trump and not like the thing. A lot of the things that he does. You know, you don't. It doesn't have to be just one or the other. Like there's mm -hmm. room for there's gray areas here. You know, we I I personally never liked the personality of Donald Trump before he was elected. I was, I'm, I'm talking apprentice type. Uh, you know, I knew about him in, in Vegas as a developer, didn't have a good reputation. Um, I, I didn't, I don't like that. I'm the best. I'm the greatest. You know, but I can, I can work with that and, and judge his other stuff based mm -hmm. on how it went. And I, right. so it doesn't have to be like one or the other. Like I can think he's a, he's a abrasive asshole and still recognize when he's done some good things, you know, and mostly being just infuriating and exposing the media. Right. For being just, the hypocrites that they are. And, and so just, and like, just not I gotta, being Joe Biden. I gotta love that. Yeah. yeah. You know, I don't it, like the guy, but I love that. And just not being Joe Biden. I mean, just right. by, by proxy, I mean, he looks like he looks like the second coming. <laughs> he he's got a he's got a a swagger to him, you know. I mean, it's love him or hate him. It is undeniable that guy has a magnetic personality. I mean, I think he's a a sociopath. Okay, I mean, yeah. but but he's got he's got that it. And and by comparison, then you look at Joe Biden and I'm look, I'm not on the red team or the blue team. I don't like either of them, but then by comparison, you look at Joe Biden and there is just nothing inspiring about that guy. No. And, uh, and it's reflecting, I think in our society where everybody's just like, what is going on, man? We've got the a president that's whose brain has turned to mush. We've got a vice president who is incapable of stringing together a sentence without cackling. Um, we've got Nancy Pelosi who looks like she's hammered all the time. Like we, it, it's like a circus. I, I gotta, so, I, while we're on that topic, I have to, I have to share, share this while you, while you brought up Biden. I, I, I really need to share this, um, share my screen here. Let me see. Hopefully this, hopefully this works. Uh, oh, is it working? Okay, there we go. So <laughs> I don't know, Charlie, if you saw this from a few days ago, the White House issued a proclamation on World Elder Abuse Awareness Day 2022. I, I mean, 
talk about talk about the least self aware thing that could possibly happen. I mean, I think they're trolling us. <laughs> It's the only so. explanation for their for the ease of our escape, right? <laughs> it's 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 the only explanation that fits is that they're doing this intentionally, right? Yeah. It's got to be like a wink wink sort of thing cuz I see this and I go, "Oh, the simulation is for real." Yeah. So they they're remaining steadfast in their com- in their commitment to preventing elder abuse. They're allotting millions of millions of dollars to stop elder abuse. Is, is that just going directly to Biden? You yes. know, his his uh his nursing home fund. Yes. I mean, <laughs> no, but the, think of the audacity to be worried about elder abuse after what you did with COVID in the yeah. nursing homes. How yeah. dare you? Yeah. Yeah. That they is... don't care. It's, it's, it's this like lack of self-awareness or, or, or something. It, it's, it's something. You know, and it's funny because you can, I, I criticize like the Biden administration all the time because I feel like everything about them is cartoonish. But, but when I do that, I, I rightly feel like everyone's going, well, you, so you want Trump back? And it's like, do I, I mean, is that the pick? Do I, I have to be one or the other? Can't I just, can't you just allow me this time to criticize this goddamn Joe Biden and not have me defend whether or not I like Donald Trump, you know? <laughs> You know, it, it, it's funny when, when you talk about, you know, it's like people say you have to do this or this or this. Um, there, there was a guy I worked with, I worked with several years ago and, and gosh, I wish, I wish I still worked with him because he was, he was, you know, I'm in my, you know, mid thirties, he was in his mid twenties, but as far as his awareness of all this stuff we're talking about, he was next level. I mean, this was, you know, six, seven, eight years ago. And he was telling us always like, he's like, no, I don't vote. We're like, we're like, wait, you don't vote. So, so that means you're not allowed to, to criticize anything that goes on. He's like, he's like, he's like, no, that, that doesn't make any sense. You shouldn't be playing this game. And, you know, and at that point I hadn't really understood what, what this was really all, all, all about. Um, but, but looking back in, in retrospect, I'm like, man, this guy was, th- th- this guy was spot on. He's like, I just don't want to, don't want to play the game. And, and you don't, and you don't have to, if you don't want to, and, and it's okay. Um, yeah. But, but people, it, it just, it confuses and breaks the brains of people on both sides when you yeah. make that 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 argument in, in that claim because they're like, wait, wait, you're not this or, or that. Like, well, what 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 are you? Like, are you libertarian? It's like, well, I, I don't know. I, I don't really always support all the things that that's about either. Right. It's like, well, then what 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 are you? It's like, well, you, I don't have to be a label. I they, can. I, it, they want to label you though. They. Yeah. It's easier. It's just. It's just for their brain, just so they know what bin to put you in. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't take it personally. You know, yeah. I, I'm still figuring out what I am yeah. and what I like and it changes. And I, and I reserve the right to change my opinions on things. If I get new information, that's better than the old information that I have. So, you know, but what I see right now is a, a disintegrating culture. And I yeah. see it being done intentionally. And that's obviously why I'm here. Since I've got it right in front of me. Uh, a controlled demolition. You know, this is like uh, you look outside and you go, this can't be accidental, right? This has to be coordinated. There's too many uh, things happening all at the same time for this to just be some sort of misunderstanding or, or, or random occurrence. It's gotta be intentional. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's wild. And it's, there's just, there's so many, there's 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 almost too many crazy things happening to even keep an eye on all at once. I mean, we have the 
we have the Biden stuff, which is constant. We have the the the, the monkey the monkey pox, which yes. that's just that's just a laughable thing, which they're trying to change the name of it or something now to yes. I, I I can't wait. Can we you know can we vote on that? Can we yeah. vote on what they changed the name to? <laughs> it's just but it's like it's such a it's a perfect encapsulation of the of the Biden administration. They 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 come out with this thing that's supposed to be really scary and it's and it tests poorly and it doesn't work and it's not scary. Mm -hmm. And then they need to rebrand it. So they immediately go to racism as the justification for rebranding it. It's just pure Bidenism. It's yeah. just, that's it. It's everything is somebody else's fault. Everything is somebody else's fault. Yeah. It's never, they don't take responsibility for anything. Yeah. I mean, and I, <laughs> and I know that the, most politicians don't, but, but, the, but, the, but the, it's so obvious right now with those, those daily meetings and everybody that's working there is either quitting or it, their diversity hires that are unqualified for the jobs. Like that new press secretary. Have you, I mean, she's my new favorite target. Oh yeah. Oh, bless her. I hope they're paying her a fortune because she is just terrible at her job. You, you thought it couldn't. You thought it couldn't get worse than than our than our good friend Jen, but you know Jen Jen was super annoying, but she's very good at her job. Yeah. I mean, she sold those lies with a straight face. She was very good at her job. I I I dislike her immensely, but I respect her ability to go up there and play that role and do whatever. I mean, she she did what she was asked to do, and it turned into what. But this new one, oh boy. She's, she's a disaster. She's such a disaster. I called it on Twitter too, Kyle. I said, I, I was off by a couple of weeks. I said, this, it said, this is the first day of her on the job. And my prediction is within a week, they'll bring John Kirby in from the state department and he'll do the press things with, with her standing next to him. What did we get this week? We got that. Of course, of course. And you know, they, they've, they set her up. I'm just pulling up some stuff about here. You know, she is, she's a person of color and she's yep. in the, and she's in the LGBT, ABCD, EFG club. So it's like, like, you know, what we mentioned earlier and even before the show was anytime you criticize somebody that's in one of these protected groups, whether your criticism is fair or valid, it, it doesn't matter. You're right. immediately put into this racist or sexist or homophobic or anti-trans bucket yeah 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 if if they had 10 people audition for this job and the best person was a black woman who is gay i'd have no problem with it but they started off saying that they wanted someone of color Remember, remember what they yeah. started off saying that, that they wanted someone of color for the Supreme court <laughs> that, that, and they got that. And then they wanted to bring in someone of color to be the speaker. So automatically, um, it, 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 it takes talent and puts it secondary yeah. and that's where you get what you get. You get the junior varsity squad out there, right? Right. And that's what, that's what these people are there. She's right. no, no offense to her. She's just, she's just not good at the job. She's not quick on her feet. She doesn't have control of the English language. She can't find anything in her binder. She's bad at lying. 
she she's probably a good person and that's why she's bad at the job because it's a job for sociopaths. So yeah. I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt and say, maybe she's like the nicest person in the world. And that this job is really, really hard for a good person to do. And that's why she's bad at it. But look, make no mistake about it. She's bad at it. Yeah. It, and it's yeah. not because of her color or anything like that. It's just that she doesn't have the skill. She's not comfortable. She's not quick on her feet. Yeah. It's just it, a measurable observation. Right. It has nothing to do with any of the other stuff. Like if you were just a talent evaluator, you'd go, no, this isn't going to work. And that, in that whole hiring, um, that whole hiring process that you just mentioned, right. It's, it's, it's the exact opposite of like the NFL, you know, where they have that Rooney rule where it's like, you know, you have to interview all these candidates and you have to interview such and such candidates that are, are black or, or what have you. Now they're saying like, well, those ones that we said, you also have to interview, like now we're only looking at those ones. We're only looking at those ones to, to well, fill now in the role. NFL, if you hire a minority candidate as a head coach or a general manager, you get a third round draft pick. Is that really? Mm -hmm. Oh my God. By the league, they give you a compensatory draft pick for it. Boy. So and, think about that. And if you're an assistant coach, like I think, uh, was it Jack Del Rio a week or so ago? What did he say? Something about how, you know, uh, January 6th was just a whole silly a, a event. Dust a dust up compared to other historical events and the, in the team, find him a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. You know, so it, it just make it make sense. Make the, it make sense. The team who's owned by Daniel Snyder, who has his own issues yeah. with, with a ton of like the sexual stuff going on in, in there and, and is, is hated by all the other owners. But, but Jack Del Rio is the problem. Okay. Whatever. Right. Right. The Washington. And by the way, <laughs> I, I posted on Twitter. I said, Jack Del Rio was, was right. <laughs> he was, he was right. Oh man, the Washington football team. I mean, get, leave it to the leave yeah. it to the most generic generic organization name to to come well, up with Well, they're the commanders now. Oh, the commanders. How how could I how could I forget? How could I forget? Yeah. I I remember they came out and like their their colors look like, you know, communist uh Russia or China or something and everybody's like, "What kind of commanders are you guys uh are you guys over there? What's the deal?" Yeah, so. they they do it actually does. It's funny you say that. It does look like some mouse stuff. <laughs> So, so Charlie, thank you so much for, for hopping on with me tonight. Yeah, this thanks is, this for having awesome. me. As always, we'll have to talk, talk again, again soon. Um, where can everybody find, find your content, your podcast, your books, et cetera. Of course, I'll, I'll put links in the show notes, but just give it, give it everything a shout. Sure. Uh, Macroaggressions in audio format is available wherever podcasts are served. And on video, um, I'm on band.video, Rockfin, Odyssey, and David Icke's iconic and the website is the octopus of global control.com and the and my twitter is at macroaggression and i, yes. I i'm gonna get thrown off of there at some point it's i was gonna, gonna say gonna it, it's been it's been quite a while i think they're just waiting for the right moment to do I, it again I, I there's some times where i'm like you know like <laughs> send it and i'm like yes yeah, yeah, just kind of braced but i've been able to i've been skating by for like the last two years since they re since I, I started a new account. So we'll see. I don't know. I feel like my time is running out. So. <laughs> well, well, fingers crossed. And I hope everything works out well with the new, with the new podcasting venture. I think that's a great, a great idea, what you guys are working on because you know, what we talked about at the top, you know, they they are going to be coming for podcasting. Like, so you're right. That has been a very protected thing. You know how I, I envision very soon, you know, seeing like warning labels, right. On, on things right. just like, just like you see on tweets or, Instagram posts like here, here's the link to the here's the link to the CDC for monkeypox um, protocol, you know, because they talked about monkeypox in this 
episode. So I think that's sure. probably that's probably coming. And then yeah, it's just straight out banning. You know, there have been a lot of podcasts that have gotten completely deplatformed and things, but I think that was just probably a, a very small test to see what they could do yeah. and get away with. But it's definitely it's definitely coming. So anybody out there with that does podcasts, you know, definitely look into other ways and, and means. You know, I, I definitely you know I have my podcast through Anchor and Spotify, but I do have a secondary stream through Podbean, which I post the exact same stuff just because, you know, God forbid they, that, you know, Spotify gets wise to like, hey, I don't really like that kind of I don't like you talking about the the, the vaccine yeah. with the whatever, um, you know, there's a there's a way to, to get out. So everybody who does podcasts definitely um, keep that keep that in mind. So um, so again, you know, this has been Conspiracy Kyle with Conspiracy in the Force and may the force be with you and God bless.